picha. Space. Space. The final frontier. Final frontier. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Let's fly. Engage. Headed. For generations, the Federation has sought out new life, new civilization, to reach for understanding. Fascinating. When we seek out the unknown, we will find things that challenge us. They'll frighten us. But we do not give in to fear. We make our stand together. I think we make a pretty good team. Join us. You always wanted to see the stars. Look up and let's see what's out there. We have come a long way, Captain. This can be your new home. Yes. All of you will go where no one has gone before. Make it so. Make it so. So show them what you got. Welcome to Trek Talk, and it is Monday night at 7.30 p.m. We will be live for the next hour. Our phone number here is 646-668-2433, and we're going to be talking about something that has existed for a very long time, toxicity in fandom, in particular in Star Trek. It exists in Doctor Who. It exists in Star Wars. It exists in everything. But we're going to be talking about it in Star Trek in particular. Before we get too far, I want to introduce to you guys my awesome Trek experts who are going to be joining us on a conversation tonight. We'll start off with Charles. He's out in Las Vegas. How are you doing tonight, Charles? I'm hanging in there, still dealing with the monsoons. Supposed to clear up for a couple of days and come back. Wow. Uh, we also have with us Eric. Eric's out in Portland. How are you doing tonight, Eric? I'm doing good, Jim. I'm really interested in this topic tonight to hear uh, what you guys have to say about it. I think it's uh, particularly uh, current and, uh, you know, something that needs a little bit more discussion. So I'm excited about it. And uh, we also have with us Paul, the wine guy. He's also out in Portland. How are you doing, Paul? Hey, my friends. I'm doing well. Our local heat wave is finally uh, receding into the distance, uh, so able to spend a little more time out in the garden. And I am likewise uh, glad that we are having this topic uh, tonight. I think it's uh, important to uh, to talk about the weeds in the garden sometimes So and uh, figure out a good way to maintain a, a good environment. So I think it's uh, it's nice that this was something that was lobbied up to discuss. Absolutely. And last but definitely not least, uh, we have David, and I hope he brought the donuts. How you doing, David? Uh, no, I didn't bring any donuts. <laughs> no donuts? <laughs> That's it. <No>. You're done. <laughs> Out there, I like it <laughs> So, uh, this, uh, a toxic fandom. So, I first got my first taste of toxic fandom way back in 1987 and Patrick Stewart Captain Picard was doing his first Star Trek convention it was in Erie Pennsylvania and me and my wife or my girlfriend at the time in high school uh, we drove all the way we made the 10 hour drive down there 
to meet Patrick Stewart at his first Star Trek convention. And lo and behold, the fans booed him when he came on stage. I was mortified that, that Star Trek fans would act that way. And they booed him. And after the convention was over, we're waiting on the autograph line. And I apologized to him for the behavior of the Star Trek fans. Made sure that he knows I don't feel that way. And I don't think the majority of Star Trek fans feel that way either. And that was my first taste of, of what I consider toxic fandom. And that was way back, like I said, that was 1987. And here we are in 2022, and things haven't gotten much better. They're still, they're still pretty bad, except now people can hide behind the anonymity of their computer. They can say anything and not have to worry about the repercussions of what they're saying. And they can be pretty mean and uh, pretty hurtful, and there's no, there's no one to hold them up to their comments. Now, we try to admin run our board, and, and a lot of the Star Trek boards try to do the same thing um, and try to keep that to a minimum. But it's, it's a full-time job, and it's not very easy because this is where it gets tricky, guys. This is what I wanted to address. It's okay if you don't like Discovery. That's fine. It's okay if you don't like Star Trek Picard. Hell, it's okay if you don't like TOS, okay? There's something in Star Trek for everybody, and but Star Trek isn't for everybody, okay? Maybe you like Lower Decks, okay? Maybe you like Deep Space Nine, okay? There's something there for everybody. But the underlying message for me that Star Trek is about hope, it's about the future, and it's about infinite diversity and infinite combination and acceptance and empathy and all those things that Star Trek builds upon. Even if you don't like Discovery, those things are there. Even if you don't like Picard, those things are there. And those are the things that make Star Trek positive and make us, you know, the fans that we are. So I wanted to talk about that. And I've been told many times that you could take a turd and paint Star Trek on the side, and I would still love it. And that's not entirely true. Because I'm not a negative person, because you don't hear me dumping on things, doesn't mean that I like everything Star Trek. And my tastes are different than my co-host, and that's fine. For instance, my favorite Star Trek movie is Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, and I have my reasons. Okay? My least well, my least favorite, it's hard to pick my least favorite. Generations, Nemesis, and Insurrection are my three least favorite Star Trek movies. Okay? Even having said that, though, if there's somebody talking about how much they love Star Trek Nemesis, oh, well, you know, I love Commander Denatra. She's awesome in that movie. I love the Val Doors. I love that battle sequence. I can always put a positive spin on everything. And I always, always will. Because if somebody loves something and identifies with something, who am I to tear that down for that person? And that's something that I think people need to address. Because Star Trek gives 
people that consider themselves to be invisible in society an opportunity to be seen. And when they're seen through their favorite show or their favorite character, and someone comes along and tears that down, how is that affecting that person on the other side of the screen that you can't see? So that's what I wanted to talk about tonight, guys. And what, what is the difference between healthy debate and toxicity? When does it cross the line? Does it cross the line? Is, is toxic fandom really toxic? I mean, that, that these, this is what I want to talk about tonight. When, when, if ever, does it become toxic? Okay, so as I said, I love Star Trek V. Um, it's my favorite movie, and I'm not going to try to talk people into liking it if you don't like it. I have my reasons why I do, and I will discuss them with you. Uh, but if you don't like the movie, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that at all. So what do you think, guys? Why, why do people feel the need to boo Patrick Stewart at a convention? Why do they feel the need to go on Facebook and just tear down Star Trek and attack other fans that happen to enjoy it, attack Alex Kurtzman, attack J.J. Abrams? Why do you think that is? And is it warranted? What do you think? I don't uh, think I'll get the, I'm gonna get the, <laughs> I can get the party just, started here. Uh, that's fine. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that there are kind of like two main reasons that this phenomenon has become uh, such, a, such a big thing. And, and there's no question that development of the internet and the way that we communicate differently now than we used to, for example, you know, to use Jim's example back in 1987, the way we communicate is, is quite a bit different. And, you know, back in 1987, um, you might get a newspaper article about how people were displeased with next generation, or you might get a few fans asking salty questions uh, during a convention um, or you, if you're lucky, you might get a group of organized fans doing something like a letter campaign or something like that to let the studio know what the fans feel about what's going on. So in other words, I guess the reason I bring that up is that I think back in the day, if you hated something about Star Trek, you had to be a really, really dedicated fan to provide feedback that went all the way back to the studio. And, you know, you might bitch about it to your buddy or to the person at the grocery store who would listen to you. But generally speaking, your voice, the reach of your voice was pretty limited. And there's no question that these days, you know, we have the internet guys and, you know, the tiniest voice can sound very, very loud on the internet. And so I think communication is just different. And so any, conversation about toxic fandom has to include a conversation about um, information overload. The fact that, you know, every single one of us has taken in whatever it is, X number of emails and X number of posts and X number of twits or whatever it is, tweets. <laughs> oh, we got twits, <laughs> per, man. Believe me, per, we got twits. Per day, you know what I mean? So there's just there's like a lot of information. Our brains totally work differently than they used to. So communication is different. The other thing that I think is kind of the elephant in the room that they're speaking about is the fact that 
I don't think there's any question that Star Trek today is a little bit different from the Star Trek of the past. That is not to say that it does not respect the Roddenberry ideals or however you want to like, you know, um, uh, <laughs> deitize him or, you know, <laughs> kind of like it goes along with the main principles, but does it follow the formula? Does it follow the like diagrammatic formula that is basically the same between TOS, between TNG, between DS9, all the way up to Enterprise, like all the, all the episodes look the same, right? And Discovery comes out and does something a little bit different, and people absolutely go berserk. Um, and, you know, Star Trek is a little bit different in how it presents things. It presents things a little bit more darkly. I, I kind of blame, like, Star Trek Into Darkness for kind of heading us down that path, but it, it, it just, like, it just generally does that. And then... Um, you know, it, it, to kind of like, as a subset of that conversation, it does little tiny things to canon that, that takes some people and just send them uh, off the edge. Uh, you know, the, the Klingons is, is something that, like, comes to mind. I think people who are generally open-minded, like myself and like many people on this podcast, you know, we look at the Klingon changes and discover, and we go, okay, I, I kind of like the, like, the, the re-canonizing of things. I kind of like the way it went back and like actually added a little bit more texture and a little bit more depth to the culture. So ultimately it's cool with me, but I can see um, where people would, would feel like that is, you know, treading upon sacred ground. So anyway, I guess that was my point was there's those two main things that I feel like the way we communicate is really, really different. And the way that Star Trek is actually made and presents itself while telling the same types of stories, ultimately doing it in a modern way looks a little bit different on screen, and I think that freaks some people out. So, Eric, um, I used to watch The Walking Dead. I loved it. Until Negan beat in Glenn's head with a baseball bat and saw an eyeball dangling. I, did, I, I stopped Ooh. watching the show. I haven't watched it since. I don't care for it, so I don't watch it. I don't watch the Orville. I know it's on. Don't watch it. Don't care. I see posts for the Walking Dead and for the Orville all the time. Score right by them. Don't watch them. Don't care. But these fans will claim to hate Discovery, for instance, yet they will watch every episode and comment on every post about why they hate it, why it's terrible, blah, blah, blah. Why is that if you don't like something, why would you waste what little time you have on something you clearly do not like? Like, like I said, I don't watch the Orville. I don't watch the walking dead. I moved on yet. People will go out of their way to complain about star Trek. You know what, Jim, I totally understand what you're saying. And I guess the way that I look at that is that if you look at all of the if you literally look at all of the, the kind of science fiction or, or even like major like television franchises throughout time, which one is the longest, which one has had the most cultural influence? You know, you could, you could start checking off boxes, I think on the checklist of how Star Trek is culturally important. Whereas, you know, Maybe things like the Orville aren't culturally important or things like the walking dead aren't necessarily culturally important. And I apologize to anybody who just finds that the bees knees. Um, I'm just saying that I think in some ways, 
Star Trek is a slightly different animal, and it's it's like verging. If you read the Dune series, you would understand where I'm going with this, and Paul will understand where I'm going with this. But like, it's almost verging on a religion, and it's almost verging on something that's so um, uh, uh, respected and so like. Uh, it's like a sacred cow. Kind it's of like a thing, sacred right? cow. Like you. And if cannot... someone violates your rules, it's like you've you profaned the holy word, right? right? And you you've basically done something that makes you a a heretic in the in the you know in the storied annals of the the old keepers of the wisdom, right? It's like you've you've uh, you've done something terrible. You've sinned, and I think that's, that's right. a lot of what you're getting at, right? Yeah, absolutely, Paul. Thanks for saving me on that one. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely what I'm talking about. And so I feel like Star Trek in general is a slightly different animal from literally every other franchise that's out there. I mean, you could you could probably argue me into a couple of other things that are, you know, pioneers in some way. But like generally speaking, Star Trek's been around a damn long time and it's gone through a lot of changes and it's been evolving with culture. And so people I think consider it almost holy. And if you're going to mess with it, it's going to be like you're messing with their religion. I mean, it's like I, you could almost say that in some way it's there are a bunch of atheists out there, not everybody, but a bunch of atheists who love Star Trek, who this is their religion. You know, uh, it's that close to it, I think. So it's so am I defending the way that those people interact with it? No, absolutely not. I feel like every human being deserves to be respected and deserves to have their opinions honored. And that's why I love doing this podcast because y'all believe in the same things that I do, but I can see why Star Trek and, and frankly, like Star Wars, I think Paul will tell you that they slip into that too. And he'll tell you more about that. But I like why these big, big franchises are a little bit different than the Orville or the Washington. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I completely that. echo what you what you say. I mean, I, I truly do. It's just, and I think uh, it's important as we have this discussion to to outline a couple things too. I think for one thing, this isn't something that is unique to Star Trek, right? It's not. We see this all over the place. We see it uh, in particular. You know, I walk. I joke that I work both sides of the street because I'm also a big Star Wars fan and you know active in a lot of that community as well. And the People just lose it like there's no tomorrow. I mean, it's like the reactions to the most recent sequels, uh, the casting decisions, those kind of things. And I think a lot of it is not that it's just, you know, it's that it's just not unique to one particular franchise or genre. Is I think we have to keep in mind, as you were saying about social media, our whole society is going through stuff like this right now. I mean, this is not unique to our little corner of Quark's bar. I mean, the entire society is going through upheaval and a lot of conflicting uh, ideologies uh, that are grappling with each other. And unfortunately, a lot of what fuels that now in terms of uh, how people choose to engage about these things is via social media. And that is, I've I don't know if any of you have had the experience of being personally attacked on social media, like where somebody really went after you, like who had a different ideology. Um, I had one person explain to me that they believed that social media was like the Wild West. Therefore, there were no rules there and that manners didn't matter. Courtesy didn't matter. All that mattered to them was destroying 
something that was what you did not believe. And that was just like shocking to me. But I see a lot of that mindset going on. And I think the best of what we can do as like a fan community is to, like Eric is saying, talk about it. And most importantly, if you maintain a group or a web page or what have you, make the rules really clear. And that, you know, that from the upfront, that you don't have to hunt around for them, that it's really super clear that this is an environment where disrespect is just not, you know, tolerated. Diversity and IDIC are our backbone, and this is what we have. And everyone needs to, uh, to uh, uh, you know, obey that. Where we get into trouble is, uh, I think, and we've got to talk about this in some place, too, is toxic fandom exists way more destructively beyond what we experience is people working on a, a, you know, a podcast or a Facebook group, right, is when the fandom now is malicious in terms of what it will do to individuals. And they will go after particular actors and performers and producers on social media, and they won't just go after them as an individual going after them. They'll buy thousands of bots and send those out there, and they'll go onto sites like IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes, and they'll deliberately, artificially, torpedo their ratings to try to destroy their reputation. They will be really discourteous to studio employees. I mean, there's just all that kind of stuff that we see there. It's super, super toxic, and it's, it's destroying uh, the ability to engage uh, with what's happening. And if you're, and a lot of people are like, you, they're like, do I want to be a creator anymore? <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, because it's become so negative, right? I mean, if we've seen uh, the casting of Robert April on uh, Strange New Worlds, the casting of the most recent Inquisition, Inquisitioner on Star Wars, right? It's like a lot of really negative, hostile, hateful stuff gets unleashed. And uh, that's something that's super challenging to deal with. Putting up the rules and just blocking people is one thing, but it's still out there in a very malicious way. So I just uh, yeah, I want to make sure we include all that too. Paul, the elephant in the room that you're that you're talking about for anybody who's not picking up the subtext is that anytime we post something that is about a African American actor uh, or a black actor or that, a gay actor or a trans or a gay actor. actor or a trans actor or anybody who doesn't fit the the or a female or a certain female. Absolutely. I mean, this white male is about as safe as you can get. And from there on, there are various stages of, um, you know, disdain that, that we get from people. And to us, I guess, we, you know, one of the things that we're constantly, Jim, Jim and I are constantly texting with each other, and I'm sure he's texting with the other guys, you know, we're always asking why? Like, if you're a Star Trek fan, how can you, how can you watch all this Star Trek and not get like some of the fundamental principles that are absolutely antithetical to these practices that you're doing. Right. I just, and I really do think that it's, it's, it's mountains out of molehills, man. Like if this was 1987, you would not be getting uh, whatever, a hundred thousand letters a day (laughs) sent to, to Paramount about this selection of some actor. Right. Yeah, all people got to do is go to their computer, type it up. It takes about 12 seconds to complain about something, and it might even be a little thing. And and you might even think your words are are a little thing too. Like you you might even 
like some people obviously have very strong opinions and very strong posts and they really want to let people know what they think. But sometimes you just want to say a little something and you're like, ah, it's kind of no big deal. But I don't know. I just try and personally always remember that we are all taking in a ton of information every single day and anything that any of us can do to make some of that information um, just a little bit more, um, I don't want to say palatable because I feel like that makes it, that, that waters it down. But just like, why not uh, talk about things that are, are good and positive rather than things that you don't like, you know? Maybe there are 10 things you don't like about it, but maybe there's three that you do. Why not talk about those? Yeah, and I think exactly. it's, it's important to try to engage with – everyone's got their own personal brand, right? And, you know, Eric exemplifies this a lot in the way he – I see him, the way he engages with people and the, the way he tends to go out there, right? It's just like he's very much res, – respect drives his boat, right? And kindness is right there in the co-pilot seat, right? And it's like if he sees someone that is sharing something that they're happy and enthusiastic about, he's never going to tell them that he doesn't agree with them. Right. It's just like, you may say, well, I have different likes, different, whatever, but he's not going to try to lessen that person's enjoyment of something ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I got to let you know, Paul, that you being on this podcast are now part of the leftist agenda that we all are part of. Okay. Are you weren't around? You weren't around when that happened, but, yeah, um, but- yeah. Well, buddy, I don't know how far how far can you move your left arm, right? Because I guarantee you, I'm way further left than you can possibly than your wildest nightmares. I'm pretty I'm pretty unapologetically out there and left uh, because I believe in enlightenment. I believe in change, and I believe in that's what Idix all about. That's what I've been believing in that ever since I first encountered Star Trek as a little kid. It's like the we idea were, is like we, we want to make a better future. We were accused on another podcast that we were being paid by Paramount to say good things about Star Trek and that we're all part of this agenda to push this this leftist media spin on Star Trek, which is completely mm-hmm. untrue. And the little conspiracy so theory is everywhere. That, I mean people believe anything they read and knit with conspiracy because we're not. And I just now that you're here, you're part of the conspiracy now too. So welcome aboard. Uh, it's it's <laughs> delightful. So I'm happy to happy to conspire and for a better future with the uh, with the folks there. But it's just like you know, it's 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 ludicrous. It's ludicrous. So unfortunately, well, though, it's, it's uh, you know we're seeing if it was just people being dicks and being uh, rude, it would be great. But unfortunately, we're seeing this so strongly spill over into like. Uh, you know, politics and election work where these people are, you know, getting all fired up and they're going to change things. So we're seeing, you know, uh, it's, at some point there's going to be legislation that's going to rear its head about what is allowable content to be produced. We haven't seen that yet, but at some point it will rear its head. Somebody's going to try to legislate content that they find offensive. So as soon as they can figure out a way around it, somebody's going to try it. Because censorship is when you don't like something and you feel it socially threatens you for whatever reason. And if your reaction is propelled by hate, eventually you're going to try to make it outlawed and crush it. So I think we need to be vigilant as a community, especially for a community that, yes, supports creators. Right. I mean, it's just that that, uh, 
you know, I mean, the, the supports Paramount Plus, I do. The supports Disney Plus, I do, right? I want to see them thrive, evolve, and continue to do good work. Uh, but there's going to be folks who eventually are going to try to to figure out ways to squash them, and that's it's terrible. So it's good that I just think it's good that a conversation like this is a great beginning place for us to be, you know, leading by example, right? I mean, right, you can't. Yeah. There's some things you can't stop, but you can certainly uh, lead by example. Paul, I think oh, that's like, like, oh, sorry, go ahead, uh, Jim, we, and we then I want to follow up on what Paul just said. So Eric's going to follow up on what Paul just said. After this very quick, yet very important, commercial break. So run to the bathroom, run to the microwave, get your chicken wings, get your pizza bites, whatever. We'll be right take back. Take your pizza to the bathroom. Very, yes, no, take your pizza with you. We'll be right back after this very important message. Hi there. This is Eric from Trek Talking. Do you own a business, produce a product, or are planning an event that would appeal to Star Trek fans? Would you like to harness the power of this podcast to get your message out to the world? We here at Trek Talking are a show made by fans for fans, and we would love to help you share your love of Star Trek on the air, live every Monday and Thursday night at 7.30 Eastern. Contact us through Facebook Messenger at facebook.com slash trektalkingandbeyond, or email us using the contact link on our website at podpage.com slash trek-talking. We can't wait to hear from you. Engage. Trek Talking would like to invite you and your friends to ease your way back into the Star Trek event scene by joining us August 19th through the 21st at Trek Conderoga 2022, the biggest little Star Trek event in Ticonderoga, New York. Headliners Gates McFadden, John Delancey, and Brent Spiner will be giving photo ops, autographs, and will be participating in celebrity guest talks. Trek Talking will also be in attendance, as Uncle Jim and Eric chair discussion panels on Klingons and Starfleet Admirals. Tour the original series set tours, play some mini-golf, or attend an award-winning Elvis tribute show. There is something for everyone at Trek Ponderoga. We hope to see you there. Engage. Don't miss Fandom Fest New York, featuring special guests, vendors, artists, esports, tabletop games, and so much more. Fandom Fest, a unique con experience at Proctor's, August 12th through 14th. And we're back. We're talking about toxicity and fandom, and Eric was just about to finish up his thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I guess the last thing that I wanted to say was based on what Paul just said, which I think is one of the most important things that any Star Trek fan or any person can really keep in mind in their life, and that is to lead by example. Paul, I think that's an excellent observation, and I think that that extends to people's interactions on the Internet, you know? Every time you throw out another complaint out there that feels random, uh, that's just like, you know, what did you guys think about Burr to Burr? You may think that you're interacting with other fans and, and that kind of stuff, but man, it's it's generating a lot of, of uh, melees as well at times. So just, just make sure when you're having your online interactions that you're doing it with the itic in mind, I guess, is what I'll say. And uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't kill you to put a, a positive spin on it, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> I agree completely. 
<laughs> so, uh, what do you think, Charles? What do you think about about all of this? Well, it was an interesting conversation with some friends, but I'll leave anonymous. But we've had this conversation a couple of times where they now look at it and say, well, Disney used to be wholesome. Disney's no longer wholesome. It's like you have Toy Story and two of the male toys kiss. And it's like, oh, no, no, that's not, that's not wholesome. I think part of what I've seen come up is something occurs that's not inside a person's expectations, their box. And all of a sudden, they have to get emotional and think, okay, I, I can't support this anymore because it's not in my box. Right, and Charles, but back in the day, the, the box was a lot smaller back in the day, too. Like now people have 10,000 exactly. things to watch, so their expectations are different, you know, back back. Back in the day, you may have said, oh, the box is pretty small. I don't really like what's going on, but I, I don't know. I like it enough to watch it. Well, the thing is, okay, that outside of that box includes character, new characters. We have Samet. Samet. We have Dr. Culver. Yep. We have Adira. Tao. We've got Captain Captain Angel. Yep. We're getting characters that okay, they they don't fit what used to be quite the standard. Okay, yeah, we've got characters that are having alternative views that how they look at their life. And to sit there and worry that, okay, I I can't support this because that doesn't follow my ideals. Well, you've got your ideals, but other people around the world are having their own ideals. And I look at it like I've got a lot of friends who I'm connected with that are gay or however. And I'm more like, walk up, how's it going? I don't care about what goes on and what goes on with that part of their life. If they want to share it, that's fine. If they don't, I'm not worrying about it. But that's part of their life, and I'm one support that they have the right to have that part of their life. If these actors are playing characters that they are acting the part or they are the part, I'm going to support the support the actor for playing the character. If that's how the character is going to be, that's how the character is going to be. And I know pretty much Jim and Paul and I are in this area. Eric might also be in this. But it was an old saying that my mom used to always tell me. If you can't say something nice, don't say something at all. 
Yes, nowadays we might want to be able to say something. But I can look at my Facebook page. Okay, somebody just posted a whole stream of pictures about outside the country. I don't feel like really looking at them. Okay, I can just scroll right past them. I don't need to comment negatively that I dislike what they post. I can just move on. And I think that's something that a lot of fans just don't realize that they can do, that they just choose not to do. Yes, I think Tilly is a fabulous character. I know there are fans who dislike the character. But, okay, if you want to make a comment why you dislike her, give a good reason. Give an explanation why you dislike that character. Just posting, I hate this character. I think it was done what they ever hired this actress. It's like, no. That's not Mm -hmm. a nice, positive thing to say about a person. And you may get, on on our Facebook page, you may get your comment hidden when making comments like that. We don't mind people making their opinions known. But just flat out disliking something or being rude about that person or character as I'm going to mention something we were just talking about the pre-show that comes up was there was a nice post of President Obama and Michelle Nichols together okay that post had nothing to do with politics it didn't need to sit there and have people making political comments I personally look at it is if you're making a political comment on that page just after her death, that's a disrespect to her. She was there because she was a fan of the president, and the president was a fan of her. And so they took a picture together. Right now, respect to her, we don't need to be sitting there making political comments about it. Make the comment about the fact that you're going to miss her. Make the fact that she was an important person. And she was an important person as a president. We don't need to sit there and always draw out politics on things when it's not meant to be. We've had issues before uh, pictures of somebody in cosplay. And there was a big stirrup about that character and why. She shouldn't be wearing this. Oh, no, that's the future. She shouldn't be wearing this. That's not how, what that character should be wearing. That's against the religion. No, that was a character cosplaying. It was nice to see somebody doing something unique. What do you think on it, David? Hi. Hi. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. What's that going on? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with a lot of the uh, statements that's been going on um, that you guys been talking about, and I actually uh, wanted to put in my two cents for it. 
the uh, idea of why things have been going on to where they are. Um, well, one is, I don't know if there is such an organization at all that hires people to go out and make criticisms about any type of show and they get paid for it. That's probably one reason why they've been doing it so often for so long. But uh, that could be one reason why they just keep showing up. But another reason um, I was thinking of with all the shows like Eric was talking about, you know, like this box used to be smaller, but now bigger. It could be the fact that, yeah, I mean, Eric's right. There's just so many, so much going on now that it's hard to really stick to one uh, show and say, you know, I like this versus a show that people don't like. So I don't know. But to me, I, I don't know. I think there's a more deeper spiritual reason why things have been going on the way that they've been going on, whether political, spiritually, or any kind of like anything out there that's been happening. I don't know. But uh, for me, uh, to me, I, I, I don't know. I, I do agree with what Charles says, you know, like if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But a lot of people didn't grow up with that type of uh, uh, family of virtues. So, you know, everybody's different. Everybody has their own take on the, what the world should be and, you know, all this stuff. So to me, I think, to, to me personally, though, I really don't think we – yeah, to me, I I really don't think that we wrestle very. Uh, we shouldn't be wrestling against flesh and blood, basically, but the principality against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world. You know, this whole idea of things that have been going on—not just criticism toward TV shows, but a lot of stuff has been going on around the world has been happening. And to me, I think that all tied together and so I don't know I think there's something more deeper going on that's causing a lot of problems with criticism that's been going on in this world and does it affect people absolutely I really I do believe that it affects everybody and like what Paul was saying earlier like he was saying about like has anybody been on social media you know being followed by uh people who have just been really mean and to me personally I have not luckily I've just kind of been staying away from social media for as much as I can but you know every now and then I check on it and I do see people criticizing not just shows and movies or anything but a lot of everything else it's just really bizarre and it's been going on more and more and I believe it's because of the internet that has brought everybody together and it brought everybody out of their true self and all the uglies and everything that comes along with it. So to me, I think it's just the way the world is just starting to evolve into and for Star Trek. One of the reasons why I like Star Trek is because it does show a better future. It does show what mankind could possibly achieve. And to me, I, I just, 
turn it on and shut the world out because the world is getting really bad, <laughs> whether we want to believe it or not. But I mean, just around the corner, you know, lots of things have been happening. So, yeah, that's that's my two cents on it. So, uh, here's the thing. I've been messaged from people that have said, I'm leaving your Star Trek page because you won't allow me to have my opinion. And the Idic, you can't limit people's opinions because Idic says I have a right to say what I want to say. Is that is that is that accurate? Is that true? Does that mean because I support the Idic that I have to support your hateful, uh, biased, sexist, homophobic comments because that's part of the Idic? Is that is that true, Eric? Uh, no, not at all. And I mean, in much the same, it's funny because I was like visualizing something as you were talking about that, Jim. I was thinking about how, uh, you know, in um, in the Marvel movies, Doctor Strange visualizes one out of X number of millions of possibilities of ways to like beat the bad guy, right? And get through the get through the thing. And so uh, sometimes it's the it's the road less traveled that takes you towards uh, what you <laughs> what you really should be trying to achieve. And I think that fits into what you were just saying. And the, the, the biggest thing that baffles me is something that you said earlier, and it's something that blows my mind. How can any fan that claims to be a Star Trek fan, particularly, and I'm, I'm going to pick on these people intentionally, TOS fans, how could somebody be a fan of the original Star Trek where we had Lieutenant Uhura, we had the interracial kiss, we had a Russian on the bridge with an Asian on the bridge, we had shows that dealt with the war, we had discrimination, we had everything going on in the 60s, the civil rights, all of it. And Star Trek was right at the center of that. How could somebody watch those shows, take in the message that those shows put out there so strongly, yet not see those messages in any other Star Trek except for that and think that that's okay. That's what I don't understand. I think I have to answer for that. Okay, David, let's hear uh, the answer. I think people who grew up with TOS uh, were comfortable with the lifestyle, the the things that they had going on around that time. And again, it probably all depends on where they grew up, family values, all this type of stuff. But either way, uh, as time went on, things changed a lot. I remember one time my grandma actually had mentioned that she did not like what had been happening with the world because of the things that have been going on politically, spiritually, everything that you can think of. Uh, So, with that, I think a lot has to do with uh, they're not able to adapt very well, I guess, in a sense. I'm not sure if that's the right word. Yeah. But uh, when change No, I, occurs, I agree. I, I, I agree completely. That's a perfect word. Okay. So, yeah, I think the adapting, uh, them adapting is not what they grew up with. So they can't really adapt to... Uh, it changing so fast like that. And when PNG came out, I remember uh, hearing a lot of things like, for instance, the Klingons were different from TOS 
and nobody had an explanation of why. And so the, uh, from what I've been told, that there was a lot of clean uh, people not liking what the new clean-ons looked like from TOS to TNG. And then as it went on, and then now Discovery changed it, and, you know, everything started going on again. So I think, yeah, a lot of people probably just could not deal with it in their own way. So they lash out. Yeah, and because in I would agree, David, and because of kind of what I was saying earlier, which I think is that Star Trek is – you know, is is very, very close to people's heart. And it's very, very hard for them to accept changes or modifications to anything that's extremely close to their heart. It's the same reason that we, throughout history, you know, different civilizations have had different myths. Uh, and every time something has changed, man, there's been a, a war or a big upheaval or some kind of thing. Television is is kind of adjacent to that, you know. There's a lot of uh, things that in Star Trek, when they change a little bit, they matter a lot. Now, what, what do you say to fans that, that, that use the phrase checking off a box or wokeness to describe Star Trek? Is that oh, would, would, my would favorite you consider topic. that to be, <laughs> to, to be toxic? Yeah. I, well, I consider okay. that toxic. Oh. Yeah, I mean, the the thing is, is that wokeness is a, um, is now, has now become a term that certain folks like to use as a, um, as code, I will say, for uh, things like diversity of casting, or, um, uh, uh, you know, values displayed that are consistent with human rights versus uh, certain political views. Or, you know, there are a lot of, I think, things that kind of fit into that woke category. And I will say that a lot of political, like if you want to go on the political end of wokeness, you can say that a lot of liberals did it to themselves because they used that term for a long time as a positive term. And I think uh, the other side has, you know, now turned it around on them. And it, it's, it's unfortunately the, the line, as you were saying earlier, Jim, between politics and like just what a television show, the story that a television show is trying to tell and the, the kinds of characters that it wants to represent gets all mixed up together. Um, and it's a little bit too bad that, that politics has to play such a role when it comes to um, representation, it's really, uh, for me, one of the things that modern Star Trek has really nailed on the head is they, and David was just talking about this, was that they have increased the representation of different types of folks that are, are, are on the show. Uh, Charles was talking about this too. And what that does, the only thing that serves to do, man, is widen the circle and bring more people into the Star Trek family. So, uh, you know, if that doesn't feel okay, uh, there are some questions that I have about, about how that doesn't, I'd love to hear people try and kind of defend that, you know, how that doesn't fit into Star Trek ideology. You don't have to both agree with the person next to you. You don't have to vote for the same person they do. You don't even have to have uh, the same religion or the same uh, political views or even, you know, enjoy the same sandwich. <laughs> you can you can still watch the same shows 
and you know pick out the things you like and don't pick out the thing and the last thing i'll just say about that jim is the wonderful thing about today is that we are in the golden age of star trek and so the diversity the sheer number of shows you have available to you is is getting bigger it's like big and getting bigger right so uh, you do not have to be like me and have watched all 800 and whatever it is, 79 episodes of Star Trek that exists. You can pick and choose different areas to focus your, your time and effort. And you don't have to focus your time and effort on vitriol or trying to tear down other people, which I think is kind of our big point tonight. Well, I think, also, one of the great I think people don't want to be famous. Yeah, that could be. Get there 15 minutes in. But, okay, let me me expand on Eric's a little bit. The one thing is when TOS was out, Uncle Jim could sneak off to the library and see some reruns. Or the rest of us could probably pop on TV and Hope there's a good episode on search of Star Trek on the rerun. Oh, TNG came out. Well, you saw the first episode. Well, unless you had your VCR set up and ready for record, you had to wait for to repeat in the summertime during the breaks. Or you had to wait for the chance that it might run again. Eventually, you could buy the episodes on VHS and later DVD as the series expanded. Nowadays, it's different. Nowadays, it was multiple streaming services. Now, the fact is, you've got your DVDs, you've got streaming, you can binge an entire season in a few days. And yes, you can do that. We're also hitting the point that we're getting new episodes of Star Trek. And we went 40-some weeks with new episodes. That's not something we saw back in the day. Yeah, we got 26 episodes of TNG. We had a little bit of overlap between a couple of series with TNG to DS9, or bit DS9 to Voyager. <coughs> but you had one or two series on you could watch. Now we've got all kinds of series we can watch, we can stream. <coughs> there is, <coughs> is something for everybody to pop in. If you don't like what the new stuff is, then sit back and watch the classic. But give some of the new stuff a chance because they've done some pretty good job personally with some of the new, much most of the new stuff they've come out with. <clears throat> yes, we'll disagree sometimes that we're not, we're confused in where they're going with something or we didn't like what they did with an episode. <coughs> but, we're, <coughs> but we're still going to move on and watch the next episode. Sure, I know a couple of co-hosts didn't 
really like what they did with Picard. And Jim and I kind of sat and said, okay, the series was confusing. Let's go back and rewatch it. I know Jim and I got a little bit of a different opinion of the series after rewatching it. It was a series that once you know what's happening, you need to stream it straight through and see it in a, cu- a few days and the story pieced together and made sense. But that was just, we're accepting the fact that, okay, let's give it a try, see it again. What do we think? We made well, twice. I got to say. We may not have been happy with stuff. Go ahead. For, for Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery, I'm a, I'm a very open-minded person. And I, I, I accept things. I try to understand things. If someone thinks different than me, I, I, I try to understand where they're coming from. That's just the way I am. And I think that's why I love Star Trek so much because it constantly challenges you, your opinion and the way you think. And Star Trek Discovery did something uh, that that has never happened to me, and that was when. And I said this on the podcast before, but I'm going to say it again. When we found out that we were going to have a binary character, and you guys know exactly where my Star Trek brain went, right? Oh my God! Yeah, they're bringing back the binars. This is yeah. great. We haven't seen that in eight. <laughs> that is how dense I was when it came to that. I, I had no idea that binary existed, knew nothing about it, didn't know they, them, none of that. I immediately thought of the binars. And through Star Trek, I learned this whole world existed that I never knew was out there. And that's what I thank Star Trek for, because it opened my eyes to this world that I never knew was out there. And that's what Star Trek does the best. And I'm I'm about as open minded as you could be and even I thought binary meant binars. Did, did you guys think that too or am I just an idiot here? I mean when you heard oh, that well, did you think that's a hard that's a hard question. I absolutely did not I, think that and I do not think that you're an idiot. I think that you're just not exposed you at the time you were just not exposed to the concept of binary character, which in fact Adira uh, I, it may or may not be, but definitely uh, refers to themselves as a they. So yeah, I don't. I, I think it's important to say that like if somebody doesn't get gender stuff or political stuff or human rights stuff on Star Trek, like it doesn't. I, I don't think Star Trek wants you to feel shut out of the game. I think I think they're trying to like bring you in to just like trying to understand that there are other people in this world. There's 7 billion plus people on the planet, man. And we all think just a little bit differently and it behooves all of us. If we want to live together to try and like understand the person next to us just a little bit. Absolutely. And I, and that's why I love Star Trek so much. So listen, guys, we're out of time. I hope that we had a good discussion. I hope that we got our point across. I hope that people learn something from, from this discussion. Yeah, I hope so too, Jim. And I just want to say uh, hello to our good friend, JG Hertzler, who just commented on our page yesterday about this episode. And I hope you're listening, JG. And next time I hope you call in because we'd love to hear your opinion on topics like this as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. JG's been on the podcast many times in the past. So, yeah, I just felt this was something that we needed to talk about. 
and get out in the open, which I think we did well. So we're out of time. I, I'm going to uh, thank you so much to Paul from hanging out and talking with us tonight. Thank you, Paul. It's my pleasure, man. Thanks for uh, courageously bringing this topic into the light. I think it was needed. And thank you so much to David for hanging out with us tonight and sharing his opinions. Thank you, David. And thank you so much to Charles for hanging out with us. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. Definitely an interesting conversation. And I think it's one that maybe we just need to continue on later. And thank you so much to Eric for hanging out and truck talking with us tonight. Thank you, Eric. You better believe it. Thank you guys so much. I always have a good time. And thank you to each and every one of you guys listening, no matter where you are. And before we go, I just want to say that the loss of Michelle Nichols did not go over my head. Um, I'm I'm very aware of, of what is going on, and we are definitely, definitely going to talk about that in great length on Trek Talking on Thursday night at 7.30. We have a lot to talk about, and I didn't want to cut into our hour with this topic. So Thursday night, we definitely are going to talk about Michelle and the influence that she had on the world. So don't worry. We are going to talk about that on Thursday night, 7.30 p.m., same bat time, same bat channel. So please come back on Thursday and share your thoughts on Michelle Nichols. We would love to hear from you guys. All right, guys, as I always say, Star Trek fans are the best fans. You guys better believe that. And please be good to each other and stay safe. Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night, everybody. Good night. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.